The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen. Always glad to have you along for the ride. Glad to be working alongside Nathan Miller, our redoubtable producer. We're going to have a guest today that's going to get you excited about your own health, about getting out into nature, and yet finding yourself in the middle of so much history, culture, greenery. I'm talking about Vermont. I've been there. Can't wait to see it again. Lots and lots to get into as we talk to Haley Rice. She has a lot of expertise on the subject. And we're going to present as much as we can on our, in our short time together to let you know how you can enjoy the great outdoors and indoors in the land that was called home by Patrick Henry and the Green Mountain Boys. This is American Road Trip Talk, and we'll be back right after these words. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days. And I want to bring attention to a life-saving product called Alert Drops. Drowsy driving is one of the most catastrophic problems in America, and Alert Drops will stop it. Kids studying in college, drinking too much caffeine, overloading on these energy drinks, they end up in the hospital. Alert Drops will stop it. What is Alert Drops? Alert Drops is a simple spray on the tongue made out of citric acid, sour lemon, and water, co-created with my uncle, Dr. Henry Heimlich, creator of the Heimlich Maneuver, who said, Anson, alert drives will save more lives than the maneuver. Whether you are driving, whether you are studying, whether you're just a tired mom, whenever you need to be alert, get alert drops. A simple spray on the tongue, nothing in your system, and you're naturally awake, naturally alert. It's scientifically proven. It's doctor approved. Again, it's natural. It's been honored by the United States Congress. Go to alertjobs.com. Very important. Go to alertjobs.com and stay safe. Working hard to put a smile on your face. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to American Road Trip Talk. A word about a special we would like you to take advantage of. I think you're going to love it. If you go to amroad.net, here's what you do. You use a code D-A-D-D-A-Y. That's a good enough hint, I would say, Dad Day, and save 15% on a gift subscription to American Road Magazine, the tool for creating a perfect road trip. Dad will enjoy planning his dream vacation with our quarterly magazine featuring cool roadside attractions, hotels, eateries, historical sites, trip ideas, everything except the classic car he's dreaming of. Order today by going to amroad.net slash A-R-G-I-F-T. Thank you so much. And now we're going to get down to some business here as we head toward Vermont. Let me introduce our guest. First timer, I saw her on the Weather Channel and I said, you know, remember the Marlo Thomas show all those years ago? Right. And I said, I'm going to get that girl. And it turns out that this lady is a dynamo when it comes to promoting health and outdoor adventure as part of an organization called Come Alive Outside. If you watch the Weather Channel, you might have seen her recently. Haley Rice is the Marketing, Communications, and Program Director for Come Alive Outside. She grew up swimming in reservoirs and making mud pies in the red clay of eastern Georgia. As an adult, Haley fell in love with Vermont and has made it her base of operations. She moved not once, but twice to Vermont, once from Chicago and once from Georgia. Haley is also a trained Shakespearean actress, 
a former theater professor and a curiosity seeker who is now pursuing a master's degree in counseling. She has been with Come Alive Outside since 2019 and loves to tell folks about the connection between physical activity and well-being. She lives in Vermont with the best cats, husband, and kid anyone could ask for. So for the first time, we welcome Haley Rice. Haley, how are you today? Hey, Gary, I'm doing great. How are you? I would just like to borrow some of that bubbly enthusiasm from you because it's genuine and it seems to power you power you up to do all the things you are doing to get people in touch with nature and have a great deal of fun doing so. Yes, indeed. And once we get them out and excited about nature, it just sort of takes over. They get, they get inspired by nature themselves and they no longer need my bubbly enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> they might prefer it anyway, but yes, you get them out there. Come Alive Outside. Haley, please tell our listeners about the organization, how it got started, and what is the driving mission? I think I've hinted at it so far, but what's it like on the inside? Well, sure. Thank you. So Come Alive Outside um, began as sort of this inchoate idea. Um, Jim Paluk and uh, friends realized that kids weren't getting outside anymore. Um, They were staying inside. There were no longer skinned knees um, kids, there was an obesity epidemic, et cetera, et cetera. So they decided to get a whole bunch of people from the landscaping community, um, to create this organization. And it, it just basically took off from there, uh, in 2015, Andy Paluk uh, took it over, uh, created it, made it a nonprofit. And then it got a wing up in Ontario, Canada. Uh, so now we're international. And then Arwen Turner took it over, uh, right when I came along about 2019, maybe a little bit before. And so we are a dynamo trio, me, Arwen and Myra, three of the, the most, uh, wonderful well, three <laughs> i'm speaking of myself a Myra and triad. yeah <laughs> <the> triad. <laughs> um, but we were only three and we've managed to do incredible things in this small nonprofit uh in rutland and i work with two of the most creative and talented brilliant women uh in the world so it's lovely so we have been um Basically, our mission is to uh, inspire people to live healthier, happier lives by engaging in outdoor activity um, in whatever way makes them the happiest. So it, we're, we know that there's a lot of fear, like when we say, get outdoors, that people are thinking, oh, gosh, I've got to go rock climbing. Or they're asking me to, like, you know, do, do the entire long trail in five days. We're not. That's not what we're about. We're like. We want you to connect with nature in a way that feels good, that creates joy for you. So if that's weeding your garden, that's great. You're outside. You're doing the thing. Uh, if that is um, making snow angels with your kid, then that's that's what we want to see too. So it's very individually led. Um, we, we foster uh, a, a love of nature through encouraging people to do what they want to do. And we also have a lot of partnerships, too. We have about 305 um, partners who help us in this mission. A mission it is, and one that promotes public health, but also promotes going out and having fun, and in different ways, too. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the long trail, and we'll get to that in a few minutes, but I wanted to just indicate to our listeners that you have creative ideas that can take a space or take time and make best use of each. In the case of time, you can set yourself a doable, a viable goal. As a preacher I knew used to say, inch by inch, anything is a cinch. 
So uh, <laughs> your organization, it doesn't say go out and train for a marathon. How about right. if you get a mile in a day for a hundred straight days, that too is an accomplishment. Oh, Gary, I'm so glad you mentioned mile a day. Um, that is one of our flagship programs. So we have three different sections of mile a day and we just started our hundred miles, hundred days, um, which may sound daunting, but it's only a mile a day. So if you just take a mile a day and you do it until September, then you will have made a hundred miles. Uh, and that that's pretty incredible. We, we start slowly in the spring with the 30 miles, 30 days, and then we go to the 100 miles. And then in the fall, we have a 50 miles, 50 days uh, challenge to round us out and bring us to Thanksgiving. Um, and so far, about 6,000 people have joined us from all of the states in the United States and Canada. So you don't have to be in Vermont if you want to join this challenge. You can go to the iTunes store or Google Play and download our app, or you can go online to comealiveoutside.com and check it out for yourself. And you can get a print PDF because I know apps aren't for everybody um, and join the challenge. So it's, it's great. And it's just like you said, it's just little tiny steps. So what we're trying to do with Mile a Day is foster a um, habit. So we want you to start walking. And once you do it enough, then um, then it will feel like part of your day. It'll feel like part of your life. And that's that's really what uh, we want people to experience is, is this consistency of getting outside and getting their miles. You can do that without pushing yourself too hard. And I find that based on what I read online, and I checked it out today in preparation for our episode, our interview, I did not know this, but there are researchers saying that uh, if you have, if you're outside, you're going to enjoy a sense of well-being, of personal health, physically, but also mentally, emotionally, perhaps even spiritually, by getting outside. Whereas those who do their exercising indoors don't enjoy the same degree of benefits. Does that stand up to your scrutiny? It absolutely does. It absolutely does. Some of the things that we know about going outside is that uh, it increases serotonin. Um, it helps with like writer's block. Uh, if you have a problem, take a walk outside. You're exposed to plants and sunlight. You get that boost of vitamin D. And during COVID, when people were walking outside, that was one of the few ways that they could have any kind of social interaction. So it became this really uh, important lifeline for people to be able to engage with each other. Um, so yeah, so there's study after study after study that says, you know, exercise is good for you, but more importantly, getting outdoors and exercising is good for you. So the research is solid. Mm -hmm. It's valid. That's excellent. Okay. I, now, I don't know how many thousands of people are listening right now, probably many, and they would like to know one thing, Haley, when you were taking to the trail yourself, did you dip a finger into a bucket of maple on the way, or is that considered a faux pas up where you live? <laughs> Well, let me tell you. So when you tap a tree, the stuff that comes out is not maple syrup and there's not a lot of it at the beginning. So <laughs> it would probably just taste like sugar water and you might get run off. But um, <laughs> it takes an awful lot of sap to make some maple syrup. We have some friends over at Baird Farm who um, invited us to a tree tapping ceremony with um, Miss Vermont doing the inaugural tap. And it was really interesting to see uh, their maple boilers and literally like not a lot of sap came out of the tree. And they were like, this would make maybe like a, a teaspoon of maple syrup. So it's a process. 
And oh my gosh, it smells so good when it's sugaring season here and people are boiling the syrup. It's all you want to do is eat pancakes and waffles. Yes, which I do typically about three mornings a week anyway. I say <laughs> I want to. It doesn't mean I'm going to do it, but I want to. <laughs> I have to try that in Vermont. I'd love to see I'd love to taste some of that maple syrup on buckwheat pancakes, but that's a story for another day. <laughs> yes, there is the mission to get people outside, to come alive outside. But as part of that program, and this is something I have never heard about before, on your website. You talk about green spaces that are actually temporary, but they are in urban settings so that you and your kids, your relatives, your friends can get out there and enjoy a space that is built up and having been created, people enjoy it during the framework allotted, and then they take it down and it's all very ecological. Yes, it's fascinating. It's called our Green Streets Challenge, and our next one is going to be up in Canada and Ontario. And then we have another one in Toronto. And then we're coming back here for the Whoopie Pie Festival. We're going to do a Green Streets in August, August 27th in Rutland, Vermont. And so what we do is we we take over a street and we make it grass. And so kids can come and play in the grass and have a great time. So we basically have a self-installing park. (laughs) We just put the grass down and... um, have people come and play so they can, they can hula hoop, they can blow bubbles, their activities, our partners come and they do stuff. It's really, it's a lot of fun. And it's, it's also great to see the transformation that occurs. Like you wouldn't think that grass could transform a space, but it really does. And it transforms people's attitudes toward that space as well. You live near Rutland, Vermont. I do. I've been to Vermont. I've never been to Rutland. I intend to get there hopefully this August. And in so doing, I find that for a small state, there's quite a lot of variety. I mean, I live in Florida and I can tell you that Sarasota is not Orlando, is not Miami, is not Jacksonville, is not Tampa. There, every section of the state is a world unto itself while remaining Florida right? Land of endless sunshine. When you do have the sunshine in summer, where are the places that tourists, they may come down from Canada, but us Yankees go up there. We want to see these various places, the exercise for sure, but in hiking, fishing, etc. The Lake Champlain is there, gorgeous. However, what is it about the culture and the history of Vermont that remains so resilient because you can do doggone near anything you want in the state of Vermont, tiny Vermont. There's a lot there for people. There is. is. I mean, you know, we have this amazing lake, uh, Lake Champlain, as you said, uh, that is flanked on one side by the Adirondacks. And then if you look over to the other side, off in the distance, if you're on Lake Champlain, there are the greens. So you have the Champlain Valley, which is in in between these two very impressive um, mountain ranges, uh, which is absolutely gorgeous. And then closer to where I live, there is a place called Lake Bomazine, which was popular in the 30s with uh, members of the Algonquin Round Table, um, which is a wonderful little piece of history. There was an island called Neshebe Island that uh, Alexander Walcott would take his friends and they would have a good time out there. Um, but there, yes, you're absolutely right. There's so much to do. 
the natural beauty is here. You can, you can go for a day hike on the long trail. You can go for a day hike on a little tiny mountain. Um, you can go swimming in one of our fabulous, fabulous lakes or um, swimming holes, as they call them up here. Um, but there's a bunch of other stuff to do too. Uh, I feel like we have the best of both worlds. I have the best of both worlds because I can go six minutes to the Zen Gardens, which is part of the Taconic Ramble. Um, and climb and see this beautiful water feature and these giant, giant boulders. And then if I wanted to go for a hike, I could. Likewise, I could go down to Crystal Beach and take a dip and look at Neshobe Island uh, while I'm eating a sandwich. So that's really wonderful. Um, other places to see in Vermont, well, you definitely have to go to Burlington and do the Church Street Marketplace. There's a fantastic ferry that you can get uh, in, into off of Lake Champlain and take a tour of the lake. Uh, so that's really nice. Up near St. Johnsbury, there's a quirky little place called the Dog Chapel, uh, which I recommend because it is, it's a chapel for dogs and people go there and they leave like little remembrances of their dogs, uh, which is a lovely sentiment. It's, it's by a person named Steve Honyak, who is a, an artist and a children's author. We have several of his books um, created it back in the day. And Montpelier is unlike any other capital <laughs> in the 50 states. State capital, uh, Vermont, quirky, capital, small, rural. Super quirky. <laughs> uh, love it to death. Um, that was one of the first places I stayed when I came to Vermont. And it, it has so many characters and such character itself. Uh, it's the only state capital without a McDonald's. Um, and they have, they have a lovely bookstore. They have wonderful food. They, it's just, they have a, like a little cute little river running through it. It's, it's just terrific. Um, where I used to live, Middlebury has wonderful town hall theater, which I highly recommend. There's usually something playing there. Of course, there's the Breadloaf campus up the way, which is uh, Robert Frost. If you know who Robert Frost is, um, his cabin, uh, Breadloaf has a writer's conference every summer. So that's the pretty big deal. And then further down towards um, Rutland, Rutland is the second largest city, I do believe, in Vermont. And it has really done a beautiful job of making the downtown um, gorgeous. There are tons of murals all over the place. There's a mural tour that you can take. Um, people are very involved. We have a world famous Halloween parade um, that just started back up and it's uh, been featured in a couple of DC comics, um, but it is, it is a big deal. Uh, and so, so yeah, so that's a lot. Oh, and I forgot to mention, so this place is, uh, so, <laughs> you know, there's, there's Ben and Jerry's, which is awesome. There's the Teddy Bear Factory, which is awesome. You can do a beer tour, but the Shelburne Museum, uh, and yes. I will say the Shelburne Museum is such a quirky place. It's huge. Uh, there was a woman who was, uh, whose parents were collectors, first off, and they collected works of art and they collected things. And then she started collecting. And one of the things that she started collecting was buildings to house the collections. So she <laughs> took buildings from the Northeast and moved them <laughs> to Shelburne Museum uh, to house these different collections. So there's like a one-room schoolhouse. There is a uh, steamboat named the Ticonderoga. It's huge. It's just sitting in the grass. Um, so if you wanted to do uh, a mile a day challenge, go to the Shelmer Museum, you'll easily walk like 10 miles in one day because there's so much to see. It's so big. 
um, I could I could go on and on for days about the collections, the folk art, the dolls, the uh, carousel, the the clowns, the everything. It's just the circus, the hand carved circus is definitely worth seeing. And they have new art too. So Shelver Museum, definitely, definitely, definitely do that. It's available most of the year, maybe not in the dead of winter there, but it's available. <laughs> and, you know, they welcome people of all ages with all of that culture. And it's a, an architectural achievement unto itself. Mm-hmm. Let's bring Mother Nature in here, Haley. Now, I have done this, and I'm telling you, I can't wait to go again. Not only do I want to walk some portion of the long trail, I'm not saying I'm going to go all the way up Appalachia into Canada, right. et cetera, but I'd like to have some, some piece of it. My wife and I will enjoy that, and I love that it, it is accessible by car. And there's mm-hmm. another place where you can find parking fairly readily. I didn't know that I was mispronouncing it all this time. I was there in 2019, I saw you in the name and I started referring to Queechy Gorge. They must have known I was an out-of-towner because I didn't <laughs> pronounce it Keechy Gorge. Right. I think that's how it's pronounced. That's how I've heard it. Um, but, you know, sometimes uh, with names, you can you can read them and pronounce them one way and then you hear them and you're like, oh, <laughs> that's what it is. Keechy is beautiful. It's beautiful and it's um, it is accessible. Uh, it is a long way down. So just be prepared for that. Um, and you can also go to the top of Kichi Gorge and just look over and, and take pictures if you if you don't feel like taking the trail to the bottom of it as well. It is in between two sites that are definitely worth seeing. Uh, one is Woodstock, Vermont, which is like the quintessential New England town. Um, and it's it's so interesting because you and I were talking about this, and they they have done such a great job in hiding the power lines. So when you go to Woodstock, you may not notice anything first off, but the power lines are under the ground. And so it just looks like this, um, this picture postcard, really, where they've, you know, edited out all the, the power lines. But uh, Woodstock is gorgeous, and people love to go there during the fall as well. So because of that, I might uh, head there a different time or maybe hit it right at the beginning of fall before uh, it gets overloaded. But it is definitely worth seeing, as is um, the Vins Center, which is the Vermont Nature Center. They have a lot of wild birds and they have a, a show and they're involved very much in preservation, but it is a wonderful place to visit as well. And then you get all these cute little um, curio shops and antique stores and everything along the way, too. So. Um, the, the other thing that I wanted to mention about Vermont that I don't know if you know, if you haven't been here, is that we don't have billboards. So <laughs> Another plus. Right. So when you're, when you're driving on a highway, the only thing that you will see are like signs to get off of the highway. <laughs> there are no ads for lawyers. Uh, there are no ads for McDonald's. Sorry, I feel like I'm busting on McDonald's. I'm not. I'm just... <laughs> saying that it's it's a it's kind of a different culture in Vermont where we where we don't have a lot of um, chains and stuff except we're in different little pockets so um, but yeah it's 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 great so you're just driving along all you see are green mountains trees sometimes not green mountains sometimes orange mountains uh, and so it's it's beautiful we've we've tried to preserve the beauty of where we live and you do a beautiful job of it all of you in terms of the history of Vermont, one of the things I learned a long time ago before I ever got to Vermont is that 
Silent Cal, President Calvin Coolidge was a Vermonter. Mm-hmm. And I understand he was in Vermont when he found out that the president had died when he was vice president. And I think his father swore him in, if I recall correctly, but he became president. And here's a Vermonter with the land, I believe, being preserved, maintained by the National Park Service. Mm-hmm. And his homestead is also near Kichi as well. So if you're if you're traveling, um, gosh, I can't remember in which direction, but his you can go and visit Calvin Coolidge's uh, homestead as well. I think it's near Ira, but I'm not sure about that. Um, but yes, Cal is, is one of our one of our presidents. Uh, I think our only president, if I recall. Favorite son. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. What about the elegant little lakeside town just north? Like uh, if Burlington were a big town, a lot of states, it would be considered a suburb itself. It is small. It is not heavily populated. But if you travel north on your way to Canada, for example, you will get to Colchester, Vermont. It's on the lake. And I'm told there is fantastic hiking, fishing, and just the opportunity to get out in nature. Yeah, Colchester is great as well. I have not spent as much time there as I wish I could have. Um, when I did live in Burlington, um, Colchester was a treat to visit, but we we never spent as much time there as we wanted to. But there, there are places like that everywhere. So you have Colchester, you have Essex Junction, you have um, the islands up north of Burlington, and all of these places have like their own little unique character and uh, reasons that you want to go and stay for a while. Tell us once again, your organization's name, the website, how can people get in touch? This is, yes. this is a favor you do for yourself when you're in Vermont. Lots of encouragement <laughs> to get outside. Right. And, and I want to say that we, we are hyper-local, but we are endlessly adaptable. So you don't have to be in Vermont to do our programming. And if you want something specifically for your region or um, your, your area, we can help you with that. Come visit us at comealiveoutside.com uh, on the web, web. And then you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, yeah, check us out, see what we do. And um, hopefully you, we can encourage you to get outside and enjoy the beauty of where you live. You caught the attention of the Weather Channel, and you caught my attention at the same time. I'm so happy we had the opportunity to do this show (laughs) together, Haley. I look forward to getting up there and to meeting you face-to-face. Gary, I would love that. Thank you so much for having me, and let's, uh, let's go have some coffee when you're up here, okay? We will do that. And continued good fortune, good luck to you. You're doing a wonderful thing for humanity. Thank you so much, Haley. Thank you so much, Gary. Have a great weekend. You as well. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to American Road Trip Talk. Along with Thomas and Becky Rep, co-founders of American Road Magazine, we remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue. Until next time, dream well and drive safely on the American Road. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure.